Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and compliments of the season. Uh, welcome to Canon Talk. I'm yours, morning, of course, as usual. Aiden. Alright, guys, compliments of the season. Just a quick apologies. You might be hearing some drilling. There's probably an Arsenal fan taking his stress out. Yeah, I mean, uh, my intro was actually very shoddy because I even forgot your name. This <laughs> <laughs> shows you what this last few days have been doing to us. Bar the Christmas celebrations. Um, yeah, on the Liverpool Arsenal of last week. Uh, I mean, look, I think we were already kind of looking to almost like right the wrongs from the, the you know, the, the leading up to this thing. Because look, we had also very iffy sort of few games when we, uh, you know, playing, uh, what was the, what was the lost Villa? Then we had like almost like a, yeah, then an average draw in PSV. Then I was like kind of pulling the, the ship a bit right against Brighton. And then, yeah, we made another trip to, to Anfield. Uh, like, look, I think Arteta now got like roughly his same squad in mind. What was your thoughts on the lineup? Look, I was happy with it. Um, couldn't complain much. Unfortunately, you know, if I had my way, I would have had a more defensively tough player on my left back side. Um, may, maybe somewhere in the midfield, you could have beefed it up a bit. But, you know, Kavet has actually been doing, like, you know, very good at this point in time. And I can't complain. And I'll, you know, speak about him actually when we touch on the, the West Ham game afterwards. But all in all, you know, I don't think we could have done anything really different. Yeah, like, look, we got off to a flyer. Okay, let's get that out of the way. Um, fantastic goal by by um, Gabriel. Because, I mean, the, the ball gets swung in. Arsenal got this little ploy, you know, where they're standing offside as the free kick taker standing over the ball. And then as the guy approaches, they already go back onside. And then they make the, the actual, you know, darting run. It was like a bit like... Enfield 89, the way uh, Alan Smith scored something like that, they normally do. Um, great goal. I mean, Alisson gets caught flat-footed, totally out of his box as well. Arsenal go 1-0 up, and I mean, I'm overjoyed, but I'm for me, it was getting also to a point where I thought, okay, now let's just kind of consolidate a bit here. Yeah, I know. It was like we were on top of Liverpool, and Liverpool had no idea what was going on. I kind of got, you know, excited. I was like, you know, oh. We we should bag maybe another one, and then take kind of take this thing out of the game. But this was like you know Liverpool. Then immediately after we scored, you know, kind of said, okay, you know, we want to now get ourselves back into the game. But did you feel almost like we almost like set on our laurels, or do you think Liverpool? Hundred percent. I think it was a combination of both. I think we set on our laurels, and Liverpool just said, you know what, it's time to come, and then. You know, we, we had silenced the Anfield crowd for a very long time. And it was almost similar to last season where, you know, all Arsenal needed to do was kind of get another goal or just not concede because the crowd was kind of going into the lull phase. Yeah, and I mean, you could already also hear the groans, you know, like when Liverpool, I think like, it's a bit like the way we sometimes would maybe say about Arsenal when you want the team to drive forward. And they, like, you know, go almost like three-quarter of the way up the pitch and they stop and then they go back to the halfway line or back to the, send the ball back to the goalkeeper. And I think that's where the, the you know, the, the Liverpool crowd now started, like, you know, getting on their backs a little bit. But, I mean, look, I think afterwards they also, like, started stringing things together. You could also now sense, you know, things are now going, you know, more forward for Liverpool. And, I mean, by the 29th minute, 
we kind of are done with a long ball with Van Dijk. Not Van Dijk. Was it Van Dijk or Trent? Arnold. Was it Arnold that did that long crossfield? And I mean, by the time he, he, you know, gets almost like Zinchenko on his heels. And I mean, you're just telling yourself, I mean, look, I'm, I'm sure you were probably telling yourself, let him keep it on the right foot. Let him get and yes, yes. Zinchenko lets him cut inside. And I mean, the, uh, Salah does the rest and makes it 1 1. Do you think Ram still saves that? I'm not sure. I mean, because I mean, look, there is a height discrepancy between the two keepers. But I mean, I just felt that it shouldn't have even been, you know, led to that point because. For me, uh, Zinchenko almost like gave him way too much space because, I mean, before he even makes a decision to do anything to initiate like, an, like a defensive jockey or whatever, he allows Salah to get that far up the pitch. And, I mean, look, if you're that experience of a, of a defender and you've won so much in your, your at your previous club, you expect that sort, like, you know, some sort of better quality. But, I mean, he just brings almost like the, the daggers to himself. Yeah, I think, oh, yeah, so probably... Smothered <laughs> Salah maybe there. Yeah, because I mean, like I think he, in, like he normally will initiate in that like a defensive mode, like you know, where he's gonna close somebody down. And because if you remember, every time when when Liverpool were trying to isolate Salah against uh, like uh, Tommy Asu, oh sorry, at first it was Zinchenko, he was beating him, beating him, beating him, and then all of a sudden, when when um, Arteta makes a change at halftime, brings Tommy Asu on. There was, I mean, he, literally, there was like he was not like a spectator in the match thing. Salah. Yeah, yeah. It happened also uh, one time when when Ben White was taken off for Rashford in that one game yeah, and yeah. also the Emirates. But yeah. I mean, it just shows you the the, the defensive prowess that Tommy Asu gives you. And you know, one wonders if he had Urien Timber fit this game. You know, would it have been a difference or Tommy Asu? Because I mean, needless goal to give give away because I think. We never allowed them much opportunities prior to that shot. Yeah, but I mean, it's so frustrating also to concede, like, you know, something that could have been prevented. So, yes, I, I think a lot of Arsenal's goals is goals we concede that we could have prevented. And that's just the, the, the Arteta way at the moment. If you look at, you could say, majority of our goals this season and last season, you can actually pinpoint, you know, an individual error of a player that is probably not in the best of form at that point. You know, Arteta forces him in the team and, you know, ultimately we, we, we concede. And I mean, the one thing I also want to mention, like, Evan is going to lead us also later on into the, the West End game. But uh, have you noticed, like, look, there's now something that I noticed that Liverpool were exploiting, but it's like they know that the fullbacks are dodging for us at the moment, both of them, like Ben White and Zinchenko. So all they were doing was just hitting down the channels, long balls. Because, I mean, that was so unlivable to watch, you know, like we, they're just hitting root one ball. So every time we were getting caught on our heels because our guys are going forward or drifting infield and, and then leaving this acres of space, which they were exploiting constantly. Yeah, I know Liverpool were definitely, you know, exploiting that weakness of ours. You know, I just kind of hoping we would we would um, get an opportunity. I think um, if I go back to the forty-first minute as well, we had a glorious opportunity where you know I think Jesus plays Saka in. Yeah. I thought Saka was going to go down when Allison. Um, I think made a bit of contact with him, and then Martinelli kind of um, would you say scuffs his shot or. You know, I don't know what he was trying. And, and once again, you know, Martinelli, no disrespect to him or not 
started to what's the word talk down on the word I mean, work he's done over the past few seasons but you know this season he's really not been at his best and it shows because I mean maybe an in for Martinelli smashes that into the back of the net yeah but I mean like my, my thing is also like there's also another reason that we even started the podcast you must also like call it like it is because I mean <clears throat> when, when the guy plays well and has done well We've given him the plaudits, but I mean, let's let's face it, he has been playing really, really poor, and it's now going months now. Even uh, he's maybe con- uh, contributing maybe a goal, whatever. But in all in all, his 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 uh, contribution and 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 also mindset seems all over the place uh, this season. Yeah, I don't know if something's happening on a personal level or what, but uh, I know he he just doesn't see himself. Even Bukayo Saka at this point in time doesn't see himself. Yes. He's got goals and things like that and assists. But an uh, interesting fact that it, no Arsenal player has scored more than five goals in the Premier League this season. I mean, I'm, I mean, not, if, I'm looking at, at Martinelli's stats. He's like 17 matches, two goals, two assists. That's it. You see, I mean, Arsenal depends so much because Jesus is not being an out-and-out number nine. It depends a lot probably on our wingers getting goals, but... Like I said, you know, no player has scored more than five goals in the Premier League. And if you're chasing the Premier League, that's kind of an unacceptable, um, yeah. uh, what's the word, stat. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, like, I'm not just thinking, I mean, uh, Arteta is always playing it down. and that, But, I mean, that's that's what some of like, I think, also infuriates some of the fan base. I mean, as much as you want the best for the club and, and, and Arteta and all that, but I mean, like for me, when when you hear somebody that almost like you know with a straight face tell you, nah, like you know, we can handle it or we're spreading the goals or whatever. But and I mean, I was even telling my wife uh, this morning also. If you look at any sort of title winning team, any like I'm not talking now just Arsenal, any title winning team, you always have a forward that is gonna give you that extra almost like extra juice to get you over the line. Not only like oh, like say in in the the, the Final home straight, and then but I'm talking of all in all for a season because I mean, if you think with Man City, uh, they cantered it with, with, with Ireland up front, then you have like previous seasons or so where Salah was the one, even though yeah, he had Mane and and, and Firmino about, but I mean, he was the one that, that led them almost like sing, yeah. single handedly. I mean, I know as a football as a team game, but sometimes you need that forward that's going to take you to that other, so like your favorite with the upper echelon because. Even like even now, if you go to the Arsenal uh, records and then you had Henri doing it before that, you had Ian Wright doing it. So you need like somebody to carry that sort of weight. That sort of even like I mean, as as much as I can't stand him, and then but even Robin Van Persie need be even though we never were successful like we like we should have been. But I mean, he got us always in touching distance of the Champions League spots because of his goals. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think we've been missing that type of forward. Yeah. It's like it's like uh, in former Bamiyang in this team again could have probably propelled us to a title. So every time we're always missing that key individual. If it's a winger, when we have a good striker, or a striker when we have a winger, it just never works out. I mean, I, I do think we need a striker in this window with a midfielder more than anything else. Otherwise, I do feel us tipping off, which you know we'll probably touch on on in the next game more than this one. Yeah. But I mean, like, what was so like? Uh, like the word now, mind-boggling is like you watch even like 
like the, the chances when they when they do get it, like sometimes look at Liverpool, sometimes the the faster they were getting, just all. Oh god. That uh, what did I want to say? I'm so put off now with the message now. Um, with the mindset of of the players now when they have the chances, the chances are few and far between, and then we still uh like screwing up like it because uh, like I'm like I'm not expecting. Killer shot, killer strike, or something like that, and nothing is happening. We're missing that deadly killer instinct, and you know maybe a killer instinct at Anfield. You know somebody could have bagged a, a goal for us. I mean, you know we we depending so much on our defense and 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 midfield at this point in time. It's I mean uh, our strikers need to be putting our chances away. We don't have that guy that that love that lives for scoring goals. Basically, that guy that. You know, at the end of each game, he wants to get in the score sheet. You need a striker that every second game or every third game, he's going to get a goal, at least one or two goals, because that's what strikers do. Yes, you want to bring in play with others, but, you know, you need to be finding the back of the net. Yeah, but I mean, like, look, come the second half, also kind of, you know, got a bit more organized, because, I mean, look for, for parts of the, the first part of the second half, we were a bit all over the place. <coughs> Excuse me, and then like midway in that game, <coughs> midway in that half, we started pulling things together. Started, you know, looking a bit more organized. And I mean, I was actually thinking, oh, we're gonna kind of steal it here at the end. But I mean, it's not like we were a bit too cautious, you know, not throwing people forward and whatever. And I think that that's how you know just petered out at the end. Yeah, we were very lucky to not lose the game with that break of of was it Salah that broke and then. They were literally like five on one against Declan Rice and Arnold managed to strike the crossbar. And, you know, we were lucky for the game to peter out as it was. And at that point, I was happy to take the point at Anfield. But I mean, uh, you know, with, with that counter-attack that you're talking about, I was just thinking to myself, I mean, that was, you know, real smart thinking by Rice and even by Raya at the end of it. Because, I mean, uh, normally I think if, <laughs> because a lot of people were saying, oh, I don't know if, was it you and I, or even, I don't know if my son and I were talking about, just imagine uh, that was Mustafi. <laughs> you know, oh. people slipping and sliding and just randomly diving, you know, taking out somebody and getting probably a raid or whatever. But, he, I mean, he held the ship well at the back, you know, to, to manage that sort of dramatic counterattack. And, I mean, Raya just made himself really big, you know, when by the time the ball was coming to train. Because, I mean, I think the ball was just bubbles on that horrific, Anfield pitch also at that point. Yeah, I know. I'm lucky to, to, to kind of get a throw in that game. And you you walked out of it feeling good. Like, for me, it felt... I know it wasn't a win, but if you had offered me a point at Anfield at the start of the season, I think 95% of teams would take it, barring maybe, you know, 99, barring City, who, who also still always take a point at Anfield because... They always get beaten or, or, or draw it and feel so you know you, you you take the positives of the result and you think to yourself, you know what, we've got Liverpool away out the way. You yeah. know, let's move on to West Ham and, and, and pick up the three points. Look, leading up to the West Ham game, uh what was really getting on my nerves? I mean I'm not uh how can I say no? I'm I'm not usually uh, you know, watching like that Arsenal fan TV type of thing. But I mean, when I saw <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a post uh, Liverpool game, one of the clowns on there was talking about, 
you know, like now we like after the Enfield run, yeah, like now we're on the road to the <clears throat> the title. And I'm thinking, dude, I mean, like we're not even out of 2023 and you already your mindset is going in that direction. And I mean, like by the time <clears throat> whichever way you look at it, Moyes is always gonna come to whichever, you know, big ground. And he's gonna come to almost like mess things up, like you know, spoil things, not allow you to, you know, get into your natural sort of game. And I mean, that is actually what we saw by the time <clears throat> he came there. He had now probably set out his stall up front, knew what uh, you know what was gonna come our way. And I mean, I, to be honest with you, I was actually shocked when I saw the, the sort of style that we were playing because everything looked tame. Everything also looked almost like we were partly, like you were going now in the first half. We looked almost like we were still hungover from Christmas or Christmas party or whatever, because it was very, very unarsenal. I mean, like, you know, what you would normally see, like there was no zip and whatever. Everything was slow. And, and I mean, you could see where someone just loving it, like having to not up the tempo or anything, just play at a pedestrian pace. Yeah, I know. It was, and we were getting in behind West Ham, but just not converting. And that's the problem. And that's been the problem with this team this season. I mean, um, I just want to 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 kind of go into a, a stat of this Arsenal side this season. I mean, you know, played last season, played 19 point, points. We have 50, scored 45, conceded 16 versus the season's 19. Only 40 points, 36 scored and 18 conceded. So... Um, you know, we're scoring less, conceded a bit more, but we're supposed to be a team that's, I mean, the the, the, the conceding more, two more goals is not maybe a problem, but, you know, we almost scored nine less goals. And like I said, you know, no no, no attacking player in this Arsenal side or no player in general has got more more than five Premier League goals. Um, you know, lucky to beat Luton as well. So, you know, this Arsenal side, there's something missing in it, whether it's a deadly goal scored or, or what, but we're not converting chances. It's like, I mean, they make every... I don't know. Uh, it's like if you go even through the run of results, yeah, you, like, I think the only time they've not play, really played a team and wiped them off the park in, in the league has been Sheffield United because I think yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. They've made... Most of the games, sometimes unnecessarily close games, because I'm even thinking to the opening game of the season where they played uh, Forest, and you know something like you go in cruise control at two 0 and then all of a sudden that like even the, the game if you go to I know I'm hopping now, but I mean the uh, the Wolves game we also cruise control at two 0 and all of a sudden they score a goal and now you are like on nerves and, and you're biting your nails and you, know, you see to see that you can see how to two one win and get the three points. Uh, how many games can you speak of? I mean, you know, you mentioned the Sheffield United game, but how many games could you actually relax and enjoy this season? I mean, you know, even though we beat Brighton 2-0 for a large portion of that game, you were sitting on your nerves, you know, um, thinking, oh, Philip, all it takes is a Brighton goal and we're back to, to dropping points. Another interesting thing, I know we've been hopping last season and this season now, but... You know, last season we took 18 out of 18 points against Villa away, Newcastle away, Chelsea away, Spurs home, Fulham home, West Ham home. This season we've only taken three out of that 18 points. Yeah, and I mean, that's, I don't know, <clears throat> even though they, they, they say it's a very competitive league, when you not crunch the numbers, like it actually looked like 
you know, there is a sort of decline by us. Because yeah, no, there definitely has been a, a kind of a regression that you know, yes, we've controlled games fair enough, but when you control games, you need to put the games to bed, like City do it. City controls, like Liverpool's deadly with their finishing, they, they may not have as much control of a game as City, but they take the chances. Arsenal, City's you know, has elite control, but they have elite finishing as well, you know, they kill you. Arsenal have the, at this point, you know, are, are really controlling games nicely, but at the end of the day, um, they're not really um, putting the chances away, and that and that I think can come back to to bite us. And I mean, you know, I'm just going now. <coughs> excuse me, with with uh, Liverpool now the other day when they played uh, Burnley. Uh, look when when Nunes scored that that goal. I think they were away to Burnley. But I mean, it's, it's a shot from out of the box. And I was just thinking to myself, where do you see our strikers with power eating a, like a, sh- a banger like that that early in the game? Because I mean, you can see like they already knew the job at hand. They know, or they knew they could now go past Arsenal and almost like start like, having some sort of gap on Arsenal and they were going into the game. And all of a sudden, it was like now the pressure's on Arsenal now to, to like, you know, with the West Ham game. And and that's look Arsenal had over enough time to rest as well, and so there's no excuse there. And yet we, we as I said, we still look not really up for it because uh, you know look I know that the, the uh, roles are kind of weird, but I'm gonna explain now. But for me, it was almost like West Ham were just doing that thing, you know, when a bully holds a person at bay by the forehead, and you're just <laughs> sitting and you're not eating the rim. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> And I mean, look, my, my daughter came to visit now for the holidays and, and she was watching the game with us last night. And she said, like, it's almost like, um, you know, some of the memes you get on, on, on Twitter or stuff like that where the guys are doing tricks and somebody's just standing and watching until the person falls over the ball. or they, That is sort of like what was happening because Odegaard was doing, like, little fits and tricks. Uh, Martinelli was doing his little rampant stuff and then running the ball out of play himself. The, like, I don't know, it's not like Weston barely broke his sweat, but more like, like, look like when they they ended up scoring at that, okay, very controversial goal by Kuczyk. So. But, I mean, they score the goal again, Arsenal not really going into the tackle because every time Ben, like on that side again, Ben White looks like he was caught wanting again. Yeah, I know, Ben White is struggling. He needs, I think he just needs some time off to, to, to reevaluate to reevaluate things. No, because what annoys me is like he's always super tanned or whatever. But when it comes to defending, he looks like he's on the beach already. <laughs> terrible, like his judgment is terrible. Because I mean, I don't know how many times last night in that game. Look, because look, I I'm also tired of the whole uh, VAR controversy and stuff like that. But I just feel bored that VAR stuff. I just felt we let ourselves get into the situation, say because. You don't even need stuff like that to be in a situation like because it took like what a long like almost like a long or threaded ball through. We get caught out in numbers. The ball gets crossed in, and I mean, okay, yes, it's a controversial thing, but still, the whole defense looked like at sixes and sevens, which was very unlike them. Again, as I said, very almost like Christmas hangover, and I mean they they end up scoring, and and, and we still look almost like still trying to find our feet. Yeah, at 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 one, I thought 
but you know maybe we would come back but you know we could have played until the new year and still probably wouldn't have scored because we just weren't doing anything i mean then we're eating shots at the rolling to Ariola or yeah, I, yeah. I don't know i don't know it was so frustrating it's like we were just crying out for a striker to make something happen because i mean Another stat, you know, Dominic Solanke, 12 goals this season. Eh? Saka, Jesus, Martinelli combined only 10 goals this season in the Premier League. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it tells a lot. And I mean, someone needs to give Arteta a wake-up call if he believes whatever we have is good enough. Because all of a sudden we've gone from controlling games to almost like just hanging on and clinging on to games. Um, with regards to the match again, I mean, I honestly don't know. Like, as I said, there was like so many people that were almost like getting the score down. Because, as I messaged you last night, still, because for me, like Zinchenko, White, uh, Martinelli, and and Trossard, they were almost like the the worst of a bad bunch. Because nobody, I mean, look, Odegaard did try, but I mean, at times it was everything was getting too predictable. Everybody knew he's, you know, he's trying his little twinkle toe uh, skills and whatever, trying to nutmeg people, but. It wasn't working because they were nicking the ball off him every time. <coughs> yeah, it's odd. Look, I think he was the only one try, like, he, he trying to make something happen. Declan Rice even looked a bit shell-shocked. I mean, he's normally Mr. Reliable, actually, for Arsenal. But I don't know, you know, West Ham just seemed to be getting the better of us. Of, like, I mean, you know, the Carabao Cup, they smashed us 4-1. 4-1 or 3-1? 3-1. Three one, eh? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, but I mean, they they outplayed us. I mean, Jared Bowen running as ragged, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, this Arsenal side, you know, not angry for revenge, or just literally getting overrun by a very tame, I mean, a very very West Ham side that Liverpool smashed five one not too long ago. And I mean, look, by the time they went in half time, and, and it, I thought now, you know, Arteta is going to give him now, you know, like a solid talking to. We're going to see see uh, like see some sort of improvement. And that second half came, didn't see anything. And I mean, by that uh, first, second, first or second corner that that was them getting the second half. I mean, I'm not going to lie now, there's no end or not. How did you say that was going to be a goal? When that, yes, I agree with you. When I saw how. Shot in the marking was already like picking up, and I was just telling my son, I just hope they're not gonna let the like either shortest guy mark the tallest guy and stuff like that. And they put Zinchenko on Mavropanos, he's totally asleep by the time the corner gets taken in, and he don't even give Gabriel a shout. No wonder he had like a head start jump on, on Gabriel, and I jumped him for that to, to hit the ball because he to go 2 0 up. You know, the embarrassing part all your head was. Like eating both poles and then going in. Other partners of all people scoring against as an Arsenal reject, you would say. Yeah. Oh, you know, you don't remember much of him, but him getting a red card against Leicester in the top four race. But I mean, you know, he he scores against us and he made us look for him and Agbonner. Make defending look so simple against us. And you know, I, the first choice defenders, eh? Yeah, I mean, and then that goal they scored, I mean, that, like you said, I just had a feeling it was going to be a goal because there was that nice interplay for them just before they pulled out for a corner and then, you know, 2-0 down and, 
you're kind of hoping for for a Christmas miracle for us to just even come bring the game to be two two. No, because I mean, for me, that that seeing that goal go in, that that same feel of uh, when Bournemouth got their second goal against us, and I'm, I think also even that Southampton game, where it was also something like it where corner gets taken, everybody is losing their markers, and that and it's like almost like an easy nodding. Yeah, and, and you know, this Arsenal side is, is, is truly missing a plan B. I'm not sure if you agree with it, yeah. but you know, we truly miss a plan B because I mean, at this point, you needed a battering ram type striker or even play Declan Rice up front with somebody, just something different to to make him think about it because we were literally just, I mean, Eddie and Ketia comes on, you know, no disrespect to the guy, but. He's not the type of player that's going to score you two goals out of nowhere. We, we don't have that player. If Martinelli, Saka, Jesus, any of them are having an iffy game, you know, you really know where this game is going to go. Yeah, but I mean, uh, that tells you a lot where you could see Arteta had, because his face looked totally blank the last quarter of the game, because then I knew, oh God, nothing is coming. Because, I mean, my son was losing his uh, rag here, yeah, like, you know, from. from how things were going. And I mean, I kind of, I mean, and I mean, I, I hate saying it, but I mean, I was at the point where I was really waving the white flag because I saw no comeback from here and I wasn't going to like, you know, like going into the first, like, you know, the, the New Year's period. I didn't want to go like with that sort of mindset in like, you know, working myself up like this. And I mean, I already had, as I said, art issues in it. But I mean, I'm not going to like, you know, really wind myself up because they're not trying anyway. So why should I, you know, that, that type of attitude I had. Because I honestly saw nothing of the sort. And almost like we had a coach there on the touchline and he also had no clue what he's going to do. Because I really thought, even when he was reverting to like that, what, 3-4-3 three, three type of thing, nothing was going to happen because we were, everything was too slow. Because I was also mentioning a while ago and even in this match now, the minute you start zipping passes around, West Ham will not, like it like that because that is going to be the they because look they don't be chasing the ball but the minute to be going slow slow side to side slow slow and then that's just playing in their ballpark then. But uh, one thing I must say we we missed Kai Havertz actually. Yeah, because I mean there was no body like I mean Trossard I, I mean honestly I, you don't know and or not I don't want to see him again in that sort of role again I mean. We probably will see him at some point, yeah. But I mean, then you rather get somebody that can actually play in that, like, like you know, even I'm, I'm not, you know, doing a Hail Mary now, but I mean, uh, uh, Smith Rowe, whatever, because absolutely, like, he had no, like, he can't really scrap for the ball, like, in that, that position now. And he, he couldn't even, like, win anything, because I mean, they were just out jumping him at ease. He was just bouncing off people, because then I'd rather, you know, have uh, Martinelli sit on the bench, let Trossard play in that slot, and then you have, say, uh, El Nini playing in that right spot, and let Rice play in that advanced role, if, if you know, you had like Harvard's now out with the suspension. Yeah, you, you clearly see that there's, they need to get party back to fitness, and for uh, yeah. him, he's going to the African Cup of Nations now anyway, so he's not going to be much of a use. So, yeah. I mean, it's, we need a striker. We need a, a, another midfielder because I mean we can't like Trossard. We thought you know we all, all 
on Havertz's case at one point, saying we want Trossard to play there. But, you know, Trossard has struggled starting a game for Arsenal all the time. Yeah, and I think we also need a, um, like a utility defender also. Some, like a, you know, Tomiyasu 2.0 type of thing. Because I just don't see, you know, the sort of the judgment errors that we keep on seeing with, with uh, Zinchenko and the sort of positional errors we're seeing with Ben White. I don't think it's going to help us out if we really want to be serious about things. Because, I mean, this is now also going to lead us now into uh, the game in a couple of days' time when we play away to Fulham. Because... Fulham have come over tonking uh, last week. And I mean, I think they're going to want to make things right also, when, like, you know, going into the new year. And I think we now also going to have to brace ourselves for almost like probably a, a, some sort of onslaught in the beginning, but need to somehow also grind him down. Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, Fulham's going to be a very tough, tough, tough game. I think we're going to be, they're going to be very, I don't know. You know, we, we can't allow them to get too much in their stride because they've they've shown that they can be a difficult side at Craven Cottage. Um we we need to actually, you know, stifle them almost like last season and, and try to score early and, and remember we killed the game, I think three only the first half or something like that, where they just had no answer for us. But I mean why why have we look, it's all good and well to control a game in it, but why have we just stopped that sort of Cutthroat starts in the beginning that you know the blitz starts where you don't give anybody a chance, like you play you know faster tempo football. And now it's almost like if you think like certain parts of, of the preseason went fast, like with the, with the matches that we played, and then you saw like you know maybe glimpses in the first few games of the season, but now it's almost like it's gone. Everything like this, most of the games are like gone down or like in levels, you know, huge amounts in, in, in sort of tempo. Uh, accuracy and stuff like that. It's almost like really tanked off. No, a lot is tanked off. I mean, and don't forget Fulham beat West Ham 5-0 a few weeks ago. So, you know, it's, it's all about Arsenal not being able to, to to put their chances away, I think, this season. I mean, we've had the most touches in the box in any other team, but we're just not converting it into goal-scoring opportunities. And that does come down to Martinelli and Saka yeah. and Odegaard. Not not being as clinical as they were last season, but again, you know your midfielders aren't supposed to be your top scorers, although out not wingers. You know, Salah yes, with Liverpool's exception because they play almost to get him into to those positions. But you know, we need a number nine that's going to at least give you 20, 20 goals maybe, and then you know if Odegaard, Martinelli, and Saka pull those numbers, it, it will be a positive. You know, in my in my personal opinion, I just think there's too many in the squad that are taking the spots in the slot in the squad for granted because there's nobody really like look, Saka was terrible for most part yesterday. Decision making and even though he was doubled up, he was doing the same things over and over, getting robbed of the ball over and over. Martinelli was over dribbling and not ever running the ball out of play. Also playing terrible in general, like now. Because I mean, as I said, his numbers prove everything also. Uh, again, nobody really to come in there and, you know, depose him of his position. Then you've got also now, like, say, with Party out injured, we're also not sure of what we're doing in that midfield now with even, like, using our Trossard as a uh, stopgap in this uh, Harvard's position. And then, of course, <clears throat> you've got two fullbacks that look so out of balance 
almost like totally throwing out. Because I mean, for me, it's more like they kind of pissing away the hard work of um, Gabriel and Saliba. So, being yeah. white, Zinchenko. And don't forget, Jesus missing two guilt-edged shots as well, you know. It was headers where it is it was one was over and the other one was was both over was the one straight to the keeper. One I was remember. and the other one was I mean look, I don't know if you've ever done like coaching in it and or your, your people that have taught you to play football in it. I mean where your eyes go, that is where the ball will go. His eyes already up to the upper tiers when you headed that ball over the bar. And I'm thinking, aren't you supposed to as a striker already fine tune your 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 head and the angle of the ball? Goalwards, so that you can do certain things like you know, hit it away from the keeper, hit it low or bouncy to the keeper to make it difficult. But no, everything is all over the place. I don't know how they are coached or how they are taught things. I, honestly, I don't know because I mean that, as you said now, that chance at least one of the two should have been buried. Also, like with Saka, there were so many chances we had to not to pepper the keeper, and it's like he winds up in the ball shot, like you know, like in, on the. Trick, trick also to the, to the keeper. He scores that, you know, game on. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just, all in all, just a shoddy decision making. But I mean, like, we play Fulham another weekend. There's quite a few injuries for Fulham also. I mean, I think there's a big doubt on Reem and, and uh, William, because I mean, I think they are, like, you know, the mature or older statesmen of the, the club and, and, and you know, they've been also really putting in a shift for the team. But I think at times they can be got it. I just hope we, you know, personally that we, we can, you know, take this as a, almost like a humbling and a reality check and a kind of slap in the face or a kick up the arse. Because I think we need to, there's almost like, almost like too much, I don't know, it's almost like everybody's too calm and whatever about things. We should be now trying to, because I really thought we were going to, you know, use the festive period to open the gap on City and then. You know, I also thought that, but, you know, let's hope we can take it to Fulham and, and hopefully finish them on Sunday. Um, and hopefully we can just end it on a high, the year on a high, because, yeah. I mean, you don't want to, to be dropping some more points, honestly. I fully agree with you. So, guys, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Take care. Enjoy the game. Bye. Enjoy, guys. Have a good one and enjoy the New Year of celebrations. Okay.